Hello everyone, I'm Dana Stewart-Bullock and this is Transformational Therapeutics. In today's podcast, I will be talking about force. I will, of course, first define it and then talk about how to see force in a whole new way, a way that originates in the definition of force itself. So welcome. Force comes from the Latin meaning strong. In Transformational Therapeutics, we see force as an energy which has an impact. So it is not necessarily seen as strong, simply as impactful. A force could be something that is weak in us that we might want to strengthen. In this model, it is simply a force. In recognizing the forces at play within and outside of us, we can then begin to change them. I have found that labeling something as a force I carry, rather than something that I am, allows me a certain distance and therefore an ability I would not otherwise possess. It also reduces any judgment I might have. For instance, there are unconscious forces that have a big impact on us that we are mostly unaware of, thus the term unconscious. So instead of saying, I am depressed, I say, I carry the force of depression. It empowers me to see it and deal with it differently. Saying, I am angry, is very different from saying, I carry the force of anger, and opens up whole new possibilities. Joining me today is my dear friend Rebecca Doring, a healer in her own right. So welcome. Hi, Rebecca. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Today's topic is about force, which I'm really intrigued to learn about because I don't know a lot about how it applies to your model. Can you start us off and explain what is a force? I see a force as something that we carry. And it allows me, by seeing something as a force, to differentiate between the beingness of the person and the force they're carrying. And we all carry forces. And somebody can carry the force of autism. With it, it has certain characteristics. But that's not who they are. That is just what they're carrying. Or someone can carry the force of love. Somebody can carry the force of anger. That's not who they are. That's the force they're carrying. And so it really allows me to differentiate between the humanity of that person or the animal, not the humanity of the animal, but whatever animal I'm working with, and the force that they're carrying. And that takes a lot of the emotion out of the interaction and the feedback loop. How does this benefit you to see something as a force? Like well, it allows me to connect with someone on a level that's not tainted by the forces they're carrying. It allows me to connect to their potential and not to the force itself. And I think so many of us get distracted by the force itself, the force of disconnection, the force of conflict, as opposed to the person who's carrying that conflict. And if I'm in a conflict with somebody, we're both carrying conflict and we're projecting it onto each other. But it's not who we are. So then it enables you to look beyond that. Well, it enables me to separate out, you know, we're talking about connection, but it enables me to separate out the force from the being, connect to the being, and the force then becomes less powerful, less charged, it becomes less charged. It's, oh, it's a force. That person's carrying that force. How can I work with that person, even though they're carrying that force? So how do you see a force using your model? Oh, this, that's interesting that you ask that, because now I go to labels. <laughs> so this is one place where labels are helpful. If I think about a child with autism, I say, oh, there's a child who carries the force of autism. 
And then I can go into what does autism mean and what's that force and what does it mean to that being to carry that force? How does it change their being? How does it change their physiology? How does it impact the people around him? It's just force. I used to look at kids with cerebral palsy or somebody who has a herniated disc. They're carrying the force of a herniated disc, but that's not who they are. And so many of us identify ourselves as our pathology, as opposed to it just being a force that we're carrying. And I think that labeling it a force that we're carrying allows us ourselves to differentiate from it and then address it in a different way. And if I see you as carrying a force of whatever, it somehow or other separates it out so that I can deal with you as a human being who carries that force. And also, if, for instance, I keep coming back to this, but if we're having an argument or a fight, that's the force of fighting and arguing, but that's not us. So that allows me, it opens up a door for me to see a new reality. And opens up a door to find a common ground. Right. So much easier. Right. Then you're not so distracted and feeling assaulted by the force of anger. You see it as, oh, this is just... And if I can stand back and look at someone, or for instance, I was working with a couple and they were arguing. And for me looking, it was so patently obvious that he is very upset that she represented for him his mother and he could not hear her. And I thought, oh, he's a little boy. He's a little boy carrying this big force. And so I talked to him, not in baby language, but I talked to the little boy in him rather than the angry adult force. And it changed the entire situation. So that's how I use it in real time. Can you go into a little more detail about that? Like, how would you talk to an adult? It actually, it's funny because I became much less combative. I became more gentle. I saw the little boy. He didn't know that I was seeing all of this. He had no idea. But it changed him totally because I heard the little boy. I spoke to the little boy, even though he was an adult, in a way that changed his state. And I heard him and I told him I heard him and that I understood what he was saying. And then I translated it a little bit so that it came out differently. And he looked at me and said, that's what I'm, yes, that's what I mean. So that's how I used it in real time then. I mean, again, it comes back to perception, perceiving things as a force that people or animals are carrying and changing it. So seeing everything as a force can apply to so much. So we've covered seeing things within a relationship as force, whether it's anger, we've seen carrying the force of autism, what about other ways you can see a force maybe within just yourself, force of your own oh, emotions? Yeah, if I'm in a state, if I'm in a, a lousy mood, if I'm happy, those are just forces that are in me and that I'm in. And I then have a choice about them if I see them as that. I'm not so overwhelmed by states. So let's say I'm feeling depressed. What would that look like to see that as a force? How could that possibly help me shift into a place of more power and less powerlessness? Well, again, I go to the language. So depressed means pressed down. And the opposite of depressed is expressed, which means come out. And there's some evidence that expression, whatever that form that takes, whether verbal or artistic or whatever, is a good antidote to depression. So I look at the language of the force of depression. What does the word depression actually mean? And then I change it. It's like the word resolution. The actual meaning of resolution is to put something back into solution in a different way. 
which is actually what's happening when you resolve something. You take it out of the solution and the muck that it's in and you somehow or other change it in your psyche and then you put it back in in a whole different way. Or resolution between two people who are arguing. Resolve means to take it and put it back into the mix in a different form. Then you're saying that by seeing everything as a force, it allows you to understand it in a way that you can move forward. Yes, it opens doors for me to new perceptions, basically. And that's my whole thing is to change the perception. How do I change it? I redefine it. And one of the redefinings I do is by looking at something as a force. It takes the emotional piece out of it. It just then is, and it loses its power in a lot of ways. And it allows you to dissect it and understand it as a force rather than me. And to define it. Yeah. Right. So if I define a force that you are carrying, it just gives me options that I didn't have otherwise. Right. So by seeing everything as a force, it just becomes a tool in a toolbox. Yes. To see the world. In a perceptual toolbox. And again, perception in the brain is so tightly associated with the emotional systems that you can then change your emotional state by changing your perception. That's really all we do. If you go to um, an art museum and you go, ah, it changes your state, but all you're doing is perceiving something that is beautiful. It's the same with music. It has an impact on your emotional state. So why shouldn't we then be in charge of the perceptions that we have so that we can change our own state? In a concrete way, when I was talking last time about cerebral palsy and the kids I was treating, I just changed my perception. The common perception at the time was that it was a brain infarct or a brain problem. And I changed my perception of it to a broader perception, which gave me access to other tools. And in doing that, it changed the outcome. So changing your perception can oftentimes change the outcome, actually in negative and positive ways. How so? I'm going to tell you a little story. I have a friend who fox hunts. When I first met him, I knew nothing about fox hunting, but I had some preconceived ideas about what it meant. You know, hunting foxes, hunting to me is killing. I went to a dinner with him once and said, so did you kill any foxes? It was after the hunt. And he goes, we don't kill foxes. We just chase them around. And it totally relieved my state because I had a whole bunch of emotions attached to killing a poor little fox. And then when I realized they just chased them around, it's like, oh, okay. So that changed my state, changed my understanding, and gave me some internal power over my own physiology, my own physiological state. It changed my prejudice, really, because I had a real prejudice going into that. Changed my view of him, changed my view of the people who were in the hunt club. I mean, hunt club, for me, carries a lot of baggage with it. Sure. And it turns out they were just boys and girls on horses chasing around after a little animal, then I could handle it. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to, but, and I'm sure they won't change it to fox chasing, but that's how I saw it. It changed my prejudice. It's funny, I haven't thought about this prior to now, but it's also a way of changing prejudices. How else could I do that? Well, it's perception, and prejudice is prejudging something or someone. If you see that as a force, that I'm carrying. I've prejudged someone because of who they are, where they come from, what sex they are, what gender, whatever. And I've prejudged them. I go into the interaction with them with a preconceived notion of who they are. 
if I can change that perception and say, oh, they're just carrying the force of that, it somehow or other changes my state when I'm interacting with them. Mm. And opens up a doorway to see them, not this force that you interpret. Right. Yeah. And I think much of our language carries that kind of force with it. I have two Mustangs, and there are people who prejudge what a Mustang is, just from the culture, from what they've read, from what they know. That's a force that goes along with the language. And they'll, they'll oftentimes say to me, ooh, they're so wonderful. Because they didn't realize that they weren't looking at the horse itself, they were looking at the Mustang, not the beingness of the horse. Because that word Mustang was carrying the force for them, they went into seeing your horses with that force. Right. Yeah. With that preconceived perception. Yeah. And we all do that all the time. I mean, that's what's behind racism and everything, but we don't see it that way. It's really kind of ridiculous. We are quite ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) What's one way to start working with this concept of seeing everything as a force? Find something that gives you a charge or someone that has a charge for you and see if you can look at them and what is the charge that bothers you. And if you can see it as a force that they're carrying. Get curious about that charge as a force instead. Yes. Yes. I love that. And that separates out any history we might have with that. Anything that's already in our brain, it opens up other avenues so we can interact in a different way. It reduces the charge in us and will reduce the charge in any interaction. I mean, think of all the words we use in this world now. You know, Republican, Democrat. I mean, it just goes on and on. They carry with them forces, which are preconceived perceptions. For, and each of us may have different ones, but it's identifying what it is inside of you, what kind of charge it brings to you, and identifying it in such a way that you can separate out the force that the person is carrying from who that person is. And people talk now about Republicans and Democrats and Trump Republicans, and they can't be at the dinner table and talk in their family because somebody's a Trump supporter and the other one isn't. And that causes a charge. And then that charge precipitates all kinds of interactions that aren't necessarily productive. So seeing, let's say, my cousin as a a Trumpist, actually, there's a guy in our town who is very pro-Trump, and he's a wonderful guy. He's just carrying that force. That's okay. So I can then relate to him on another level. So it gives you choice. And for me, choice equals power. Yeah, it all comes back to shifting from a place of feeling powerless into a place of feeling power. And doing that by changing your perception. Right. And you can change your perception by seeing things as a force being carried. <laughs>